0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Christ and Coffee podcast, bringing the church together one coffee hour conversation at a time. We're continuing our crash course series through the Bible, and we're wrapping up the Pentateuch, uh, the five books of Moses, uh, the Torah, as they say, by covering Deuteronomy. So, Jeremy, what does
1: Deuteronomy mean? Yeah, Deuteronomy, uh, it's a mashup word in Latin, dudo. Well, Deutero and Nomi, and the two together uh, mean second law. So Deuteronomy is basically a restatement of the Ten Commandments back from Exodus. And now, if you remember the storyline of Numbers, well, go back to the storyline of Exodus. Israel comes out of Egypt. They wander in the desert for 40 years. One generation dies in the desert the next generation is now going to inherit the promised land. And so Deuteronomy is like the sort of reminder and restatement to a new generation of what uh, God requires of his people before they enter in the promised land. It's kind of like uh, reminding the people of the sort of charter statement or the charter narrative for, for, you know, future generations. I, I mean, this is coming to me
0: right now. Like, it's kind of like the epistles in the New Testament. It's like, we're recapping oh, yeah. the gospel. Like, hey, the gospel happened, the generation ago. Now we got to remember what happened. That's right. Uh, That's these right. are some helpful pointers to keep what's essential there.
1: Right. Actually, as you say that too, it's kind of like Acts, you know, because Acts is written to a generation later. It's like, hey, this is what the church was all about. Yeah, Make yeah. sure that you stay <laughs> stay the course. And
0: in this situation, you have Moses telling the, the generation right after him being like all right we're gonna do a recap these are essentials keep the commandments so it'd be like a baby boomer telling a millennial or like hey yeah <laughs> knock it out trust god this yeah, is what's yeah. important right uh, right or, or millennials telling the next generation not generation Z or z and then the one after that our children are generation alpha i think is the primary yeah name. i yeah, kind of yeah. like that name generation alpha that are Alpha yeah, generation.
1: yeah Yeah, that's interesting. Now that we're talking about it, it's, it really is. It's a dialogue between generations. It's a passing down of the torch and Deuteronomy frames, frames that whole conversation. It's also the end of like you said, it's the end of the Pentateuch. So the uh, Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible. It's also called the Torah. Uh, Torah in Hebrew uh, means instruction. So usually we talk about Torah meaning like law. which it can kind of mean law but instruction has sort of more to do with uh, wisdom for living a life you know and and so yeah the the first five books of the bible are inviting you into uh, the wisdom of god's covenant with his people and and how to live well in a world with god yeah and like the main
0: theme here is pretty much like moses saying like just worship god trust god obey god like don't forget mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. i like i love all the people like i respect who are older than me and like like I always ask for advice. I'm like, hey, you have any pointers? And like usually the most spiritual person would be just like that simple phrase. Just trust God. Like obey right. God, be be faithful, and right. uh that's it. <laughs> like right. Right. just do that. Right.
1: right. I guess, yeah, and I guess the um Deuteronomy in specific, since it's summarizing the uh the Ten Commandments or the Decalogue, however you want to say it. Um there's a famous way of reading the 10 commandments where, you know, the first half has to do with the vertical relationship between you and God. And then the second half has to do with your relationship with other people um, horizontally. So uh yeah, I mean, really you could sum up uh, Deuteronomy as a reminder to the people to be faithful to God by being faithful to one another. So it's fidelity to God and fidelity to your fellow neighbor. Um, yeah. love God and love others. Um, right. Right. Yeah. So like the four,
0: the, the like the 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 vertical relationship commandments with God are like worship Him alone, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't make any idols.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, keep the Sabbath holy, and don't misuse God's name, right? Right. And right. then the right. the other side of the tablets is like respect your parents, honor them. Yeah. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery.
1: Don't murder anyone. Yeah. Don't lie. <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, yeah, and that's generally the the Hebrew the the hebrew vision of justice has to do with that second half of of the ten commandments um and it's rooted in the first half you know the i think that's idolatry always ends up being about uh perpetuating social injustices in the old testament so when people are unfaithful to god and forget who god is they end up you know running after other nations and signing out false treaties and hurting the poor and perpetuating wars that just aren't good for their people so
0: yeah um,
1: Yeah. it's interesting how that all ties together yeah martin luther has this
0: phrase he talks about how if we obey the first if we do the first commandment well we won't break the other commandments um especially the first two like
1: yeah
0: so if i'm not worshiping god i'm worshiping an idol if my idol is money i might kill steal and do whatever it takes and neglect justice for the sake of that pursuit.
1: Right, right.
0: And like uh, you you just like substitute the sin with w- the object of
1: worship that vertical right, right, where, where is your heart ultimately? Right, right. And that's the the core of Deuteronomy is uh the famous prayer. It's uh in Deuteronomy 6 in Hebrew it's called the Shema which is the first word of the prayer. Um and it just reads uh, listen, Shema Listen, O oh Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, right? And so that's just the core of Deuteronomy is you like just unwavering fidelity to God. Um, and the way you do that manifests in love for your neighbor. So the, the book of Deuteronomy is kind of um, messy in terms of structure. There's a lot to yeah. it and there's a lot of, difference is one way to organize the book of deuteronomy is around the speeches so moses gives probably i think anywhere from depending on how you cut it two or three uh speeches um, throughout throughout the whole book and then it's sort of flanked by uh other stories and other um, there's like a section of blessings and curses um but there is one way to read deuteronomy in the ancient world ancient near east there was this thing called the suzerain vassal treaty and basically what it was is when you became um, like a, a vassal or like a a servant state, like you were protected state by some big empire, you got to have kind of like your own like unique uh, government and ruling, but you had to abide by certain rules. You're sort of like a, what's the word for that in modern modern terms? I guess it would be like a... Uh,
0: Like a colony to an
1: empire yeah there you go it's a colony you're basically a colony right and so the empire would draft like a sort of um like treaty document that would say this is what you can do (laughs) and this is what you can't do and so one way to read deuteronomy it's actually the structure of these suzerain vassal treaties look a lot like the structure of deuteronomy Um, It often begins with a reminder of what the empire did for you and how they, you know, protected you from some sort of foreign invasion. And then it goes through the list of all the things that you need to abide by. And then at the end, it's like, if you don't do these things, this is what will happen. And if you do do these things, then you'll be blessed and everything will be okay. So one way to read Deuteronomy is, you know, (laughs) you know, remove empire, insert God and everything here is like, you know, this is what God's done for you this is the sort of instruction that you're called to live by. If you do well in this, it'll go well. If you don't, it won't go well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, like putting God in that position of the ruling party, is really where like this word covenant fleshes out. Like it's this trust, this agreement, this relationship. Um, And that really is the, the primary theme for me. Like not just like in the Pentateuch is God's covenant with his people. For the blessing of the nations, like that, really for me, is so important. So, like being obedient is like doing your part and trusting the covenant. You know, like trusting mm-hmm.
1: God. Yeah, yeah. It it also the book sets up, you know, in in scholarly circles, and maybe sometimes in other, like, maybe in some pop Christian writing. I don't know if it shows up there, but you'll hear language of uh, the Deuteronomic history or deuteronomic writing in the old testament and um, basically it's this trajectory that gets sent throughout the rest of the old testament where uh, fidelity to the covenant means blessing and infidelity to the covenant means cursing and so there's a trajectory especially in some of the historical books where it'll be like these guys did the covenant well and it went really well for them, and they were blessed. These guys didn't do the covenant well, and it went really poorly for them, and they were cursed. Um, It sort of translates Israel's history through the covenant, and if they were faithful to the covenant, it went well. If they weren't, it didn't go well. And so that's a kind of, you know, you'll see that in the literature and in the scholarly research sometimes. Um, Statements that other Old Testament books make will sometimes fit that kind of interpret interpretive grid.
0: yeah yeah absolutely it's it's really powerful because it, it really carries the 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 narrative arc and um it's really important too because like it also understands like how jesus fulfills the covenant too if you keep going forward mm-hmm. at least the christian understanding of the hebrew scriptures is jesus fulfills that covenant perfectly and establishes it in, mm-hmm. in a new way by saying like all right i'm gonna love god and love others as i love you
1: mm-hmm. um
0: this is what it looks like yeah Um, well yeah
1: and it's it's striking that jesus when he there's that famous story in at least three of the gospels where they ask him hey what's the what's the most important commandment and he quotes deuteronomy he quotes the shema right yeah um he also quotes leviticus would love your neighbor as yourself Mm -hmm. but he quotes deuteronomy as a sort of that's funny he restates the restatement yeah of of the law um so that's, yeah, it's kind of interesting how that plays out in the New Testament. Um, yeah, I think there's some pretty major themes that we've already been touching on, one of which is, you know, just 100% the theme of covenant fidelity all the way throughout. Um, what other themes are there in Deuteronomy that that come up for you?
0: Well, I mean, I think there's this, like, um, importance of just worshiping God. I mean, we touched upon that, but, like... Mm-hmm um this heart issue of hum- like the the letter like moses's final speech is like you're probably gonna you're gonna disobey this and you're gonna suffer consequences it's like <laughs> it's yeah. like there's something deeply rooted in humanity that's broken that mm. prevents us from doing this good hmm. so there, there's that sort of theme of yeah. like this is the standard it's really high but since you guys are humans you're 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 gonna neglect this
1: yeah, isn't it interesting? I was just thinking that, too, that that in a different light, there's, there's the theme that it seems like words really matter in Deuteronomy. Like yeah. these three speeches indicate that Moses really puts effort into giving this exhortation or this sermon to the people as a reminder. So there's something about the speech of Moses that is important, um, like theologically, and just important, to, to the faith but but it's interesting that even the recognition that unfaithfulness or you know brokenness will still occur even the recognition that things will still go wrong doesn't undo the importance of Moses saying these things right right so I think that's like helpful for the preacher <laughs> in general and just for Christians I think uh and in any context like you know just because there won't be results doesn't mean the speech is insignificant. The words are insignificant. The exhortation is meaningless. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, what What
0: are some of your favorite parts of Deuteronomy?
1: Yeah, it's hard to find a favorite part. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like a restating of all the laws. Uh, there's some interesting, uh, fun parts. There's one part in the um, early on. Uh, I believe it's in the introduction to the first speech of Moses somewhere in chapter four. Um, but there's a moment where uh, Moses begins the speech and starts to go into, uh, into the covenant promises and he starts to call witnesses. Mm-hmm. And one of the witnesses he calls uh, is the, is the heavens or are the heavens. And he, he's like, he's calling creation to witness the event that's taking place. So it's like, even if you guys don't remember what I said, the trees here are gonna remember <laughs> that here I'm laying out this, this covenant to you and you heard it and you received it and you've you know, been given the instruction that is important to you. So yeah, I think that's just something kind of fun and um, powerful in the text rhetorically. What about you? Um, I kind of like the
0: warnings about false prophets it's like the litmus test is there if like if the sign or wonder or the prophetic dream or sign that this person does and it's just pointing you away from the god of abraham isaac and jacob yeah ignore him like like put it to death like literally (laughs) like so there's this radicalness of um making sure that there's like some sort of standards of spirituality here Mm. what is it what is it ultimately pointing to Mm. um so i like that framework of uh of that because like people could cherry pick the bible i'm sure they were cherry picking the law back then Mm. people could hyper spiritualize (laughs) i'm sure there was hyper spiritualizing back then people had these experiences but ultimately is it bearing fruit and what is it pointing to Mm. um so like i do like this radical nature of like idolatry being the chief evil like don't just stay away from it
1: like,
0: mm, mm-hmm. um so i i mean then that the that theme carries throughout just like idolatry bad worship god don't worship anything else
1: yeah 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 that's a solid that's a sustained yeah a sustained message in the book idolatry leads to <laughs> unhealthy patterns of being in the world yeah yeah Yeah, i mean it makes sense like if we're disconnected to the source of life right uh
0: the con the natural consequences decay like so it's like upholding everything to make sure that the relationship is healthy yeah yeah and i think that's important for us spiritually like are, are we doing everything in our power to uphold that vertical relationship with god yeah if yeah. so it should lead to these outward um outward um acts of love mm-hmm. it was really funny i was talking to someone who's at a christian school and um they were like He's like he's, he's from overseas and it was like pretty much telling me how uh his christian school was like there's a lot of people at my school they're very they're very good with their relationship with god they make sure everyone uh knows that they have this relationship with god and um I'm like so what what's off with that? that is like i don't see that they love or care about the people that they're around. <laughs> Like something is fishy here with their relationship with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love like that uh, overseas mindset looking into American Christianity. It's just really right. fascinating. Right.
1: Um, yeah, that's interesting, right? Like the litmus test for love for God is love for neighbor. And and that's like a very like New Testament intuition. Like, Yeah, first John's, John, all about John's that. writing. Yeah, John's writing is all about that. You say you love God, but hate your neighbor or hate your brother. Like that just doesn't fly. No, Um you're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> just it. It. You're lying. Yeah, Stop it, a liar. Yeah. So it's pretty. Yeah, it's 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 rooted in the Old Testament Deuteronomic, you know, conception of what it means to follow God and be faithful to the covenant. Yeah. Yeah. What What are some things in this that are a little confusing or you, it's difficult to understand in Deuteronomy so, for you? Yeah, one of the things that I've consistently grappled with in Deuteronomy and and really through the the course it sets for the Old Testament is the formulaic um, way in which uh, it kind of conceptualizes good things happening to people who do good things and bad things happening to people who do bad things, right? That's just not true. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, throughout the Old Testament, really terrible things happen to good people and really bad things happen to good people. And so it's just, it's, it's not that simple and formulaic. The Deuteronomy cuts it that way for a specific purpose and a specific audience. But you read a book like Job and there's even thought that like, Job um, is older than all these books. Yeah. Yeah. that Job is older. Um, There's stuff in the Psalms that seem to contradict this idea that like, just, you know, your fidelity. I mean, in, in some of the Psalms, it's like fidelity to the covenant actually (laughs) invites suffering and, uh, condemnation and and what feels like cursing. So,
0: um, yeah. yeah, I think I want like I'm just trying to reframe it from the Christian lens, right? Like Jesus is the prime example of bad things right. happening to a good person, but even the, he's the example of someone doing it faithfully, perfectly from our perspective. And in this world, it doesn't come to fruition, but in the life to come, it does. So there is some sense of holding that tension. Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. but this is a great point because the number one complaint a lot of people have towards christianity or god is why do good things happen well why do bad things happen to good people
1: right well and this and the opposite why do good things happen to bad people yeah and that's i mean that's an angry refrain in the psalms like i'm i'm doing this thing here with the covenant and these people are making lots of money and and they're killing us like so how come you know where's deuteronomy now you know like yeah um so i i do think you know and also i agree with what you're saying i just there is a little bit of pushback that in you know in deuteronomy it seems to imagine in the present things will go well exactly right and that just doesn't always seem to happen in the old testament narrative but there is also a sort of way of uh laying out the history of israel on a macro scale that says yeah we didn't listen to this we didn't follow God and it led us into exile. And so on that kind of more macro scale, it does seem to fit that narrative. Yeah. And, and I, and I like that. Cause I think,
0: um, I, I mean, I like the fact that like the old Testament doesn't blame God. It always blames the people. Yeah. And I think, I think some self entitlement American mindset, like yeah. it needs to know your role. Like at the end of the day, like don't be, if you know who God is, like, yeah. stop, stop yeah. your whining, like own, yeah. own up to your shortcomings at least. Yeah, I think there's something beautiful in that even yeah. and God knows the whole data and the details. But like, yeah, there's something about our mindset where it's like, instead of owning it up,
1: uh, most people want to play Spain lame. Yeah. And I can't wait till we get into this crash course thing and until we get to Job, um, because I think Job is the real conundrum in this whole thing where yeah. it's like, and ecclesiastes and yeah well even i mean in in job you don't even and in, and in ecclesiastes but in job especially like you don't get an answer like you just get this like you get this like theophany this presentation of god that just ends up somehow resolving the whole thing but um anyway that's for job we'll get yeah. there later is it what what strikes you as kind of uncomfortable or difficult to yeah. grasp I mean, I
0: would say this is probably one of the harder books for me personally. Um, I think the next one would be Judges, <laughs> which is coming up soon. But like, uh, I mean, I, I always found it fascinating because like your typical person would say like Moses wrote all five of these, not your typical person, but there's people who say Moses wrote all these five books. Now they're, they're called the five books of Moses. But like, I remember as a high school student learning that Moses wrote Deuteronomy and I'm like, or I'm like, how is that possible? He, he narrates his death. <laughs> so like, I like the nuance of the Pentateuch. And I think people have to realize that more than one person wrote this. And even like Paul's letters, he's always writing with someone. Uh, the gospels, you have these gospel writers interviewing people. There's a, it's like a collection of people where the, I believe the Holy Spirit's using them to, 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 to create something. And even as someone who's like wrote a dissertation in the publication world, so many people have ghostwriters, so many people have hyper edited content, (laughs) like in today's modern thing, it's not like this person just wrote this book, there was like a whole team and there was uh, like, sometimes more than one ghostwriter behind it too. So it's like this notion of like one person writing one thing right well it's it's not there like now and
1: historically (laughs) yeah it's this assumption that for it to be divinely inspired it has to have an individual being receiving the text like almost you know directly from god in that moment but you know it, it just you know that assumption doesn't it's just that it's an assumption and it doesn't you know need to uh, be in place there's other ways to imagine that inspiration taking course yeah and i i think
0: when more than one person has that inspiration it validates it you know right like that right. It, right yeah
1: well and and you know when you look at the pentateuch there's been all sorts of if you're interested in the stuff you can go look for it but there's been all sorts of ink spilled about how the pentateuch came together in its final form and same with the gospels every every book of the bible has this about it um it's called source criticism um it's not something that's terribly in fashion anymore. It used to be a big good deal in like the you know forties and the fifties and the sixties and all that but um but this the, there is this sort of general concept that there are traditions and oral stories that were kept by people that sort of collated into these formal books that tell a single singular story, and we have those stories we have those books here, and this kind of punctuates the first five books as the the conclusion of this first part of the story the generative story for the whole rest of the bible um so it's this last kind of crescendo of this is it this is faithfulness to god and faithfulness to one another boom now go out (laughs) you know go out and be this people and then you know we'll see in in joshua and judges how that kind of falls apart very quickly (laughs) and uh and doesn't go as well but yeah the the general kind of notion that um this concludes the editor's vision of the first part of the story or the first act of the story is is there
0: yeah and it's crucial i mean it's a foundational piece so cool. yeah again stressing the covenant stressing the that main theme uh, and i i guess the, the big idea here too it's not just like a belief in an inactive god but an active god mm. god is the who's the what god are we worshiping the god of abraham isaac and jacob it's a personal god Mm -hmm. um what does this god do he does by doing he freed you from captivity Mm -hmm. Uh, i think it's always important to know the 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 living person of god um because like we we stress that it's it's all about a personal relationship with god i remember an atheist friend being like where's the personal relationship in the bible it never says there's a personal relationship with god i'm like I mean, it's here, <laughs> it's throughout, like God is a personal God, a covenant God. You're making, a covenant is a relationship. It's a biblical, right. fa- it's a fancy word for right. relationship, promise, commitment. Right. Right. And um, I think that's so important because if we just view the Bible as people who got zapped with prophetic revelation versus a God who continues to, to be there, um, like it, it strips us from being, legalistic dogmatic in, in a negative sense mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: but it's all about the scriptures help pointing us to the living god
1: right
0: these rules pointing us to the living god uh these these systems to preserve that relationship with god all that stuff in leviticus it's all to preserve that right. relationship
1: it's the- i think you know as you're saying this it also strikes a chord for me that i don't think we've mentioned yet but it's 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 profoundly important that we recognize that none of the Leviticus stuff, Numbers stuff, or Deuteronomy stuff happens before the Exodus stuff. Like, God initiates the relationship on the terms of the fact that he loves this people and he wants to bless creation, right? So he does that stuff in an act purely of his own freedom and desire to be with creation and be with um, us all of the other stuff uh, maintains and preserves that relationship in a way that that allows life to throw in and flow in and through us as a community and as an as individuals so we haven't said that yet but i do want to emphasize that before we close like all of this faithfulness to the covenant and all that assumes that exodus took place and that the event of god choosing to be with creation took took place right
0: And that same logic carries through to Christianity. Jesus said, like, all right, wait till I do my job to save you from sin and death. Mm -hmm. Um, Wait for the Holy Spirit so I could be with you now. Mm -hmm. So uh, after the gospel is completed, after the Holy Spirit descends on Pentecost, then go tell the
1: nations. Right, right. Because I've done this for you. Right. And in John, love because I first loved you. Right. Mm -hmm. I manifest love. I show you love. I've given you what? you know you need to do now that i've shown you and manifested that love now you go do it for one another yeah and it's an important
0: detail like with the with the the new covenant i give you when jesus says this uh, go love others i have loved you yeah. he says it like right after judas is about to betray him so the things right. are set in motion
1: right. now
0: he's saying no greater love is this to give your life for a friend
1: right 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 so it's an important like m- note or marker that the priority of god's redemptive movement towards us just it it precedes everything else that takes place in the rest of the story i mean god acting always issues in other things taking place right and so um you know the very beginning of the bible starts with god's act of creation and the story generates out of that decision to create and make life in order so and that just that continues not not throughout the old testament but even throughout the new testament so
0: yeah, absolutely man good stuff as always if no one else is listening we are learning from this (laughs) but for those who are listening (laughs) we thank you for making it to the end of this program Uh, don't just take our word for it but read the good word yourself read deuteronomy Um, if you have any questions feel free to reach out Uh, we'd love to put our scholarship and biblical studies and all the hours we placed in to learning the bible and share any questions you may have Um, if you want any comments put it in the posts we're on spotify we're on apple podcasts Um, you can't really put comments there but you could put comments in youtube and facebook Um, so thank you for all for listening stay caffeinated and we'll keep crash coursing through the bible until we get through all the books so thank you that's right all right brother thank you and god bless everyone
1: bye everyone